You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Be it superstition or just an apparition, you suddenly appear inside my heart. Does this strange romance and ghost of a chance? Welcome to From the Bleachers. I'm your host, as always, Seamus Clancy, coming to you from the wonderful Bleeding Green Nation radio podcast network i'm in a bit of a pickle right now the eagles as we all know are a disaster team stinks they stink i feel like i stink for watching them every week and i think back to that giants game in the Meadowlands a couple weeks ago i think that's the game that broke me for the season because in my head i was thinking hey maybe Wentz gets it together as the season goes on they you know maybe they win seven games they go seven eight and one Go to the playoffs. Teams that have been 7-8-1, 2014 Panthers, they won a playoff game, winning a crappy division. The 2010 Seattle Seahawks went 7-9, won a home playoff game against the Saints. That's the, you know, Marshawn Lynch, you know, Beast Quake run, iconic moment in NFL history. So while at a point I had those hopes in my heads that maybe this could just be, you know, the next evolutionary step, Eagles underdogs, what? 4.0 as the as their fourth playoff run in the Doug Peterson era. But watching that Giants game and then the offensive performance against Cleveland uh in Cleveland against the Browns was a disaster. Wentz just looks broken, both physically a little bit, uh with his mechanics, the the inaccuracy, uh the lack of accuracy is just appalling, and it's not just when He's pressured even on open passes, clean pocket. When he has time to throw, the passes just aren't going to the receivers. At a certain point, there are a lot of issues with Carson Wentz that are out of his hands. Play calling hasn't been great. Huge Doug Peterson defender, Doug Peterson apologist over here. I can admit, play calling hasn't been great. Now, I'm of the theory that I think back to 2015, Doug was in his last season as offensive coordinator of the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs started a terrible, disgusting 1-5. What does Andy Reid do? One of the most accomplished coaches of his era. Yes, he hadn't won a Super Bowl quite yet, but offensive mastermind. Andy says, hey, I'm giving Doug the second half play calling duties. Changing things up. Knew it wasn't working. Needed a switch. What happens for the Chiefs? They go on a remarkable 10-game winning streak. To end the season 11-5, and five, and they won a playoff game, all with Alex Smith at quarterback. And it's that kind of shakeup. Now, the Eagles aren't going to win out, certainly, and we'll get to how I actually want the season to finish out quite soon. But, you know, why not just make a switch like that? Marty Morningweg, what is his role here? Offensive assistant. He's called plays in the past. Before, uh, I think, what, the 2006 season? Andy, when he was in Philly, briefly gave up play calling duties to Marty. The Eagles made the playoffs that year. 
the guy that comes up to me, I, I don't want Press Taylor calling plays. That guy needs to, you know, be coaching St. Joe's prep, you know, quarterbacks come next year. But Deuce Staley, assistant head coach in 2018, has been in a number a number of offensive roles for the Birds. Why not let him call the first half plays? What's Doug good at? End game adjustments, second half. Like when uh he took over play calling for Annie in 2015, he was doing the second half play calling. Eagles have become notorious for starting slow under Doug Peterson. Poor game planning during the week. That was Frank Wright's specialty. Maybe that's what Press Taylor is doing now, but he's doing a horrendous job of doing so. So what do I think? Deuce, what else do they have to lose? Let Deuce call the plays for the first half of the game. Let him script the game. Let him script the first 15 plays, first couple series. Let him call the plays in the first half. Halftime adjustments, Doug comes in, calls the second half. Why not? Nothing else is working. Could be a quick fix. And, you know, maybe it's not the most sustainable thing for the future and the future health of the franchise. And again, we will get to that soon. But could bring some success in the interim. But we're talking about what the Eagles will do the rest of the season. Schedule's tough. This weekend, what, in Green Bay. Next weekend, at home against New Orleans. On the road against Arizona. And then two divisional games. Cowboys, who stink, and Dallas in Week 16. And then Washington at home in Week 17. I think Washington, uh, you know, they leveled Dallas. Uh, on Thanksgiving Day. So I think they are way more of a threat to win the division. I think it's coming down to Washington, New York for the division win. And Washington's schedule is a little more difficult than New York, I think. But I think Washington is the most talented team. Great defense. Great leadership from Ron Rivera. Huge cultural change when he came aboard. That was a smart hire for them. But the Eagles need a lot of changes. Yeah, they definitely need a cultural change. But most importantly, they need changes on the roster. This team is old, expensive, and bad. You never want to be any of those things. You can you can be okay with being old and expensive if your team's good, but the Eagles aren't good. They need young talent. So what's the best thing? What's the easiest way to get young, cheap talent in the NFL? Obviously, the NFL draft. Now, over the last several drafts, as we all know, as we all talk about every day of our existence, Howie Roseman, not a great drafter. How many times do Eagles fans talk about DK Metcalf? How many times talk about Terry McLaurin? Who this year? Justin Jefferson. He's the guy now. Jeremy Chin. Eagles could have taken Jeremy Chin. They opted for Jalen Hurts and said, it looks like Jeremy Chin might win defensive rookie of the year for the Carolina Panthers down there. All the draft mistakes in a vacuum are okay. Teams miss all the time. All the time, every team, Bill Belichick misses all the time. Andy Reid misses all the time. But at a certain point, those misses keep getting stacked and stacked and stacked and stacked on top of one another. And there aren't any hits to mix in there to even things out. Now, I've been calling this in the podcast for who knows how long. I want Howie gone. And, you know, maybe he's back, maybe he's not. I'm not really sure yet. I think he'll probably be back. Doug's gone. Uh, you know, I think the best situation is probably complete clean house where you get, you know, just a fresh start, new era, which I think is very much needed. But when I look at this Eagles team, again, they need young talent. They need the highest possible draft pick possible. It's weird to say. It's very conflicting. But the best possible thing for the future of this franchise is to lose out. Now, this isn't tanking. This isn't the Sixers in the process. 
They're not putting the worst possible product on the floor on possible to stack up losses in the hopes of getting the most ping pong balls when the NBA draft lottery comes in May. This team is already bad. I don't want Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz shaving points out there. But even without my wishful thinking, there's a good chance they'll lose out. Next four, next what, three games? Those are all losses, no doubt in my mind. Dallas game, they could win that. Washington, I'm thinking probably not, especially if Washington is in a better position to win the division. I think they'll bring it, and the Eagles will be, you know, a little iffy that day in week 17, January, uh, in Philadelphia. The difference between picking in the top 10 or even the top 5, the Eagles currently are slated for the 6th overall pick. And if they were to lose out, they'd be 3-12-1. Last year, the Detroit Lions won 3-12-1. They had the 3rd pick in the draft. Imagine the Eagles getting a top three pick. That's only happened once this century. This century. Carson Wentz in 2016. And they traded up for that. They weren't bad enough to get that pick on the own. They had to do what? Two trades to get up there. They've had three picks this century that were top ten picks. Corey Simon, sixth in 2000. Lane Johnson, fourth in 2013. And again, Wentz in 2016, second overall pick. All three of those players became pro bowlers, and all three of them played integral roles in teams that went on to make the Super Bowl. And in the latter case with Lane and Carson, those that team won the Super Bowl. Corey Simon, pro bowler. Lane Johnson, pro bowl, all pro. Wentz, you know, we could talk a lot about how he's playing now, but they're not winning the 2017 Super Bowl. They're not winning Super Bowl 52 without him, without him clinching that division for them, without him leading them, putting them in a position to get home field advantage in the playoffs. It was so integral, so crucial to their success in the postseason. They're not you know, winning those games if they weren't in Philadelphia. But now I'm thinking, it's so weird to want the Eagles to lose. I, I've, I've written about the Sixers for years and years at Liberty Ballers, fellow SB Nation site. And it was all through the process there when they're tanking and we were stacking losses. And it's different in the, in the NFL and the NBA. You don't want to be a perennial seller dweller. And the NFL just doesn't work that way. There's parity. Things can change quickly over year to year. But the Eagles are probably due for a retooling year, a rebuilding year in 2021, especially with how, you know, the shovel the cap is and what terrible situation Harry Roseman has left their 2021 cap sheet in. I believe they're $63 million over the cap the last time I checked, whether I don't know if that was on spot track or over the cap. But they again, they need young talent. And what happens if they win the division with five or six wins? They play a wild card weekend first round of the playoffs, get slaughtered by the Bucks or whoever they're playing. What good does that do? If anything, it's bad for the future of the franchise. Because then Jeff Lurie can say, hey, this was a one-year blip. This is our fourth year in a row making the playoffs. Let's run it back next year with the same crew. That ain't the move. That ain't the move. Yeah, the team has made the playoffs. This would be their fourth consecutive season. The team has gotten worse in each successive season. Not only from their playoff record, where won the Super Bowl out division around, out wild card weekend, out likely wild card weekend again, but the team is just getting worse. They're older. They're worse. They're more expensive. You can't be those three things at the same time in the National Football League. I want them to lose out. And again, it's conflicting. You know, all week I'm like, they're going to get slaughtered by Seattle. I'm going to take the, you know, the spread. I'm betting on Seattle. You know, F this team. I'm out on them. I'm sick of it. 
And then what do I find myself? I'm watching the game Monday night on my couch. And they're making those fourth down stands. And I'm going wild as if I'm in the crowd up in the, the upper level, in the 200 level of the link as if I was there. And I wish I was there. I wish the world was safe enough that I could go to that game and be there and cheer in on a fourth down stand. Even with how terrible this team has been all season, it got me going. And I felt that in my heart. I felt that emotion I have for this team. But in the back of my head, my brain knows the best thing for the future of this franchise is to lose out. The 2020 Eagles are a lost cause. There's no saving them. The 2021, 2022, 2023 Eagles, they can be saved. The jury's out on them. It is still yet to come. The Eagles get a top five pick, whether that's with a new regime, new GM, new head coach, new quarterback. That player can be a building block, a legitimately franchise-changing talent. That's the difference between, let's look in the past, a couple of their first-round exit. 2014, the Eagles select Marcus Smith. Top five pick that year, Khalil Mack. It's the difference between picking Khalil Mack and Marcus Smith. 2011, Eagles, first-round exit. That's the difference between picking Danny Watkins, a Canadian firefighter, who hated playing football, and then the fifth pick was Patrick Peterson, all-pro cornerback, you know, borderline Hall of Fame talent. The Eagles are usually competitive. They spend a lot of money. They're aggressive. They never really bottom out unless it's accidentally you have the, you know, the rare 2012 season. Usually competitive. What's the worst? That's the worst they've gone, you know, in this decade. Uh, dating back to 2010 was their... 4 and 12 record in 2012 and they they might beat that this year if they go 3 12 and no they've 3 12 and 1 yeah and you know look at them at the top of the draft i feel like again like i'm a back in sixer season where i'm paying more attention to the college football season than i would have normally because of the draft aspect of it and it also sucks that the one year the eagles are bottoming out even if it's accidentally it's a terrible year to evaluate prospects with the lack of people in the stands, watching the games, a lot of players are sitting out. Some programs aren't playing at all or playing half or a third or a quarter of the season. There's less t- tape and less you know, evidence of what these players can do. We're relying on 2019 you know, metrics and performance. You know, Jamar Chase, he's the guy one for the Eagles that they have a top five pick. Set off this season for LSU. Was unbelievable in 2019 on that national championship team was better than Justin Jefferson as a sophomore. Justin Jefferson, what, what, 22nd? Should have went 21st. Should have went 21st. So he could be the guy. You could have the offensive tackle from Oregon. What's it? Penny Sewell? Sewell? The Eagles? Left tackle situation? It's a mystery. I don't think they like Andre Dillard. Don't think he's a fit. Jordy Maylotta? She hasn't played enough this year. They should have been playing a more of a Jason Peters. Should have seen if they had something there. Lane Johnson, getting older, injured all the time. They need help at both left tackle and right tackle right now. Boom, put that guy in there. Pretend the blind side for the next 15 years. Boom, there you go. There's uh, Parsons from Penn State. I'm not a Penn State guy, and I'm you know a little iffy taking an, an off-ball linebacker that's that high in the first round, but he's... Seems like a chess piece you could play all over the place. Just transforms the, the the essence 
of a defense, whether that's Jim Schwartz next year and an entirely new defensive coordinator. And then there's a trickle-down effect. Instead of, like, the Eagles, what, they had the 52nd pick in the first round. In the second round, 52nd pick overall, you know, picking in the second round last year where they took Jalen Hurts, they could be picking what? If they had a top five pick, 37th. That's a huge difference, and it trickles down from there. They're picking higher in the second round. They're picking higher in the third round. They're picking higher in the fourth round, increasing their chances of hitting on players that they simply don't have, finding young talent they do not have on this roster. Today, ESPN made a list of the top 25 players under 25 in the NFL. Guess how many players the Eagles had in that list? I didn't even look at the list, and I know how many players the Eagles have on that list. It's a goose egg. It's zero. It's zilch. They have no young talent. In my heart of hearts, I want the Eagles to win more than anything. Anything. I would. I sold my soul for a Super Bowl victory. I would do anything to watch the Eagles be in the playoffs, be a competitive team, contend for a Super Bowl. But that's just not in the cards this year. It's just not. There is no saving this team. There is no salvation coming for this Eagles squad. The future is open, though. Your December pain can bring hope and joy next fall. A dream of spring, as George R. R. Martin would say. A dream of spring. A dream of a top five pick. A franchise-altering talent. That's what I need. I need to have something this offseason because the cap situation is so terrible. Carson Wentz is playing like he forgot how to play football. And I need something to carry me over in January, February, March, and April. I need to be pouring over, you know, Benjamin Solak and Michael Kist draft takes so that the Eagles can be taken the guy in each round to help transform this franchise as they retool and reload or rebuild, however you want to brand it, going into this next era of Eagles football. Because the one we're on right now, the Super Bowl era, that's done right now. It's over. It was great. It was amazing. It was the best of times in my life. But it's over. New era coming. It pains me to say, as I've said consistently on here, you know, I'm watching the game. I'm getting into it. And, you know, just when I thought they had, when I was out, they pulled me back in. But I know, truly, the best thing for this Eagles franchise is to stack losses. We'll be mad about in December, watching them get embarrassed in Green Bay against the Saints. Taysom Hill probably has, what, 200 rushing yards against us. And I lose my mind on Twitter. And then Kyle Murray, you know, has, you know, 500 total yards of offense in Arizona in Week 15. But know what? In April, that draft night, hopefully there's a vaccine by then. Maybe I'm going out to dinner beforehand. Get a nice meal at Bing Bing Dim Sum on Pashunk Ave in South Philly. And I'm thinking, the Eagles are going to talent tonight. That's going to change the face of the franchise, the organization. And hopefully, it's not Howie Roseman making those picks. That's it for me. I'm Seamus Clancy. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Seamus underscore Clancy. Check out my work, obviously, on the wonderful BleedingGreenNation.com. You can also find my work in NBC Sports Philadelphia. Check out my subscription Patreon newsletter. $2 per month. Newsletter every Monday through Friday morning. Straight to your email inbox. From Broad Street with love. Patreon.com backslash Seamus underscore Clancy. Love you all. Let's get some losses.
The Current Podcast is back with an exciting new season featuring marketing executives from the world's most influential brands. Tune in to hear what's driving conversation in the fast-moving world of digital advertising with unique insights from brands as diverse as Hilton, Instacart, Moderna, Major League Soccer, and more. And in this presidential election season, The Current explores what a national political advertiser like the National Republican Senatorial Committee and a major CPG brand like Hershey can learn from each other. Listen in and subscribe to The Current at thecurrent.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Claude 3 from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point of the price performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skill and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic.